Hey, thanks for joining me. Good to be here, man. <laughs> um, I like that you're actually wearing the libertarian shirt again, because then now they can never know if we record multiple at once. Represent all. Yeah. Um, so we we talked about abortion last time, which you know played yeah. into something I've thought a lot about. Um, you know about libertarian values is around like children and you know teenagers and everyone and what is the balance between like their rights their property rights their bodily rights and you know also being subservient uh for a less for for lack of a better word to their parents um right. you know for some amount of time so i um you know for me at 10 at 12 you're still you know your parents are still responsible responsible for you you're not really most people at that age aren't really capable of handling themselves or, or or fending for themselves. So it makes sense that there is some responsibility there. But then on the flip side, you can also have abusive parents and that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm also interested in who's responsible um, to, you know, to to interject, to to take that child out of the abusive situation or whatever. Um, so I'm interested in your thoughts right. kind of off the top. Yeah, man. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> we're, we're going, we're delving right into the toughest areas for libertarians to deal with. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I wish it could have been something like, uh, you know, property rights or free exchange and, and markets or economics. Well, we can get to that too, but we, if, we'll, hopefully we'll get to something a little, a little easier eventually. But listen, when we solve a, these <laughs> issues, then the rest will become easy. It'll become easy. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. So, so children, so I have, you know, there, there's no, there's no libertarian uh, answer here, but, but I think that we, we can use some of the principles of libertarianism to, to try to wade through this situation a little bit. I've, I've had debates about, uh, about children and specifically when you can and can't use force with children um, mm. with, with uh, Walter Block in the past. You know, I side. I think that spanking, for example, is a violation of libertarian principles. I think it's a violation of the non-aggression principle, initiatory force. It's not protective force in any way, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so then the the, the debate becomes, um, well, what the who owns the child, right? Does yeah. the parent own the child? Does the child own themselves? Or what? What's that all about? And the way I look at it is that that the child owns himself that they are um essentially uh yeah they, they're self-owned individuals now and they they're more are, like leasing themselves to their parents it's... well the, the, there's a custodial duty that the parents take on right and the parents mm. take on that custodial duty first by uh growing that baby inside them for nine months and not killing them in the womb uh but but putting all that love and energy and and helping them grow and then mm -hmm. by by you know taking them home and providing all their needs by them taking custody of that child they're preventing every other parent in the world from taking custody that child uh requires a positive obligation from someone right that mm. someone has to be obligated to look after their needs and I think you take on that positive obligation when you do all these things yeah um, and and I look at it the same way as I look at um, as I look at my job as a paramedic right so if I come up 
if I get called to an unconscious person, that person is lacks capacity. They don't have the ability that they, they require a custodian. When I arrive yeah. on scene, I take custodianship of that person. I don't own that person, yeah. um, but that person might have a head injury. They might be hypoglycemic and they might be completely out of their mind, irrational and swinging at people. I might have to use force to restrain them. I might have, yep. to, have to use force to do something that is against their will in the moment, right? Because they lack capacity. They clearly aren't doing, are, are a danger to themselves and others. Mm. So I have to use force, but, but I see my job, but we, we wouldn't say that I have the right to punch that person in the face or to spank them or take them over my knee and spank them. Right. I, because yeah. that's not protecting anything. That's not stopping the behavior. That's not protecting the person. My goal is to get them from the state of incapacity to another custodian, maybe the hospital, or maybe it's as simple as giving them some blood, some, uh, sugar, uh, you know, and I inject some, some glucose into their veins and they suddenly wake up and they have capacity and they don't need my custodianship anymore. And yeah. I can walk away. Right. But I have, an but what if that lasts 18 years? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what the situation we're at with kids. So, so yeah. I think you have a positive obligation as a parent that you have voluntarily t took on by having sex, by bringing a baby into the world, by doing all the things you did to, to have kind of sole custody of that child. You're taking on a positive obligation. You voluntarily done this and you, and, and removing that custodianship is going to kill that, that child. And so just like I can't walk away from an emergency scene or someone that's incapacitated once I've taken custody of them because mm -hmm. I've prevented every other paramedic or healthcare provider from taking custody of them by me doing that. Right. So yeah, by me walking away, um, I, I've committed a crime in my opinion. I have taken on a positive obligation and I can't, I can't remove that obligation except for, you know, transferring custody or I just become physically in incapacitated or something, but I have some obligations. So, so I, do you I think, think there, it's the same with the parent. Do you think there should be laws around a child abandonment then? Like, you know, there's a 12 year old child that like, I just don't want anymore. They're causing trouble or whatever, or I don't have the capacity to feed them and myself and I kick them out of my house. Should the government, a libertarian government, then force that child back into a home that they're unwanted in? Or because that's a very no. complex issue as well, then. Right. Absolutely. This is a very complex issue. And, and let me be clear I don't think that government ha provides any solution to this that I can see. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, again, I don't think we can pass a law for these complex situations. It's the same as, as you know. In, in, in more old school communities, right? Like, perhaps a neighbor or a family member, right? It's like you're raised by community. And so when mommy and daddy are fighting, you can run away to your uncle's house for a week or or, or the right. neighbors or a good yeah. friends. And so the when you're actually part of a big community or mm -hmm. a small mm -hmm. part of like an actual holistic community, odds are someone won't let this child starve when they know who they are, even if the parent is being a bad person, let's say. Exactly. Uh, so, but, but let's bring it down to the individual level then. Okay. Mm. Uh, when are you, David, um, permitted, when do you think you're permitted to intervene in, uh, some kind of abuse or abandonment or neglect that you see in another family? Right. Mm. Because, because, because what we're saying here, you know, from li in libertarian theory, the state gets its rights delegated to it from the people 
It's the people saying, listen, I, I'm not an expert at this and I don't want to have to do this and defend myself every time. So I'm going to give this um, power or, or this yeah. right to use protective force to the state so that I don't have to worry about it. It's off my plate. The state can yeah. worry about, you know, I don't have to sit on my front porch with a shotgun. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying right. to think of what my actual answer to that would be, right? I think mm -hmm. obviously if I thought that there was risk to the child, like to their life, I would inter right. intervene. Um, but that is a, quite a high bar as well, right? Like someone can get emotionally or physically abused every day for 18 years and not die, right? Sure. Um, so because I think it also is a, it would be correlated with the amount I care of for the person, right? So I have a I have a four-year-old half-sister and, you know, I care more about her than some random kid in the neighborhood probably, right? So if my parents were abusing her, I would try and intervene more quickly um, or, or try and, you know, so it, it's, I don't know, it, that's a very, very difficult question to answer. And I think it is a case-by-case -case basis. It's more of, if anything, I would say it's more of a feeling than anything else. Like I would have to assess the situation and, and really decide in the moment, like, w do I need to help this person? Yep. Yeah. And, and, uh, and this is what makes it so tricky for the government to deal with it. Right. So obviously there are cases like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, I see a kid getting beaten by his parents in public. I, I have no issues with stepping in there and stopping that beating from happening and using physical yeah. force to protect that child, right? Now that only solves that momentary thing. It doesn't solve, okay, what is it gonna happen to this kid when he goes home and how's this kid's life? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think, you know, the other side of it is if I am saying that, if, if, if I think there, there, there's a case to be made where parents are being so horribly abusive or neglectful of their child that I can go in there and take custody of that child just myself as an individual. And I can, but now I'm taking on a positive obligation. And now I'm fending off parents who are, <laughs> who are causing harm to the child, right? So that's a big responsibility to take on. And unless I'm willing to take on that responsibility, maybe I shouldn't intervene or interfere. And so there yeah. are very few cases where I'd be willing to do that, right? Um, now, that being said, you know, I think you hit on it before uh, about having the, the importance of community and family and all these kinds of things. And, and right now we live in this atomized little world where we don't have to look at our neighbor who's in trouble and falling on hard times. We, the state will take care of that. We don't have to yeah. even knock on someone's door when their house is on fire because I called 911 and I'm a good Samaritan and I can feel good about myself, even though the yeah. neighborly, like we, we've become so atomized. We've, we've outsourced so much of our responsibility to the state that that we become little islands, right? And yeah. this is what, what drives me nuts about people who think that libertarians think of every man as an island unto himself that doesn't need anything. No, that's what the state does to us. It yeah. create, puts us into our little islands where we don't have to connect with anyone. So that, that's the first thing I would say is a libertarian society is a very tight-knit um, society and, and we care about our neighbors and we're trying to help people through, right? And I think that's the trick here. To, to dealing with family issues and issues of ch children not being raised properly or suffering abuse is to help that family through, help them see the light, help them provide them with tools, help, you know, ultimately that would be the, the right thing to do. Um, mm -hmm. And, and if you can't 
solve the problem at some point you pull the trigger and pull the kids kids out right now obviously who does then, that the the, well, the neighbors the... well i think anybody could um if they're if they're think they can defend themselves in court yeah. right legally because otherwise it's kidnapping right yeah but it's not kidnapping if that child's life is in danger or something like that so yeah. you have to be have a good case and so i think in a in a free society what would happen is you would have um you would have organizations or institutions that specialize in that sort of thing yeah. in protecting children that would uh, have very have thought about these issues a lot understand where that line is legally right in libertarian law though like where we're considering the use of force and private property and all these things they would look at at that relationship and it would still between be handled in the courts on a case by case by case basis there wouldn't be some just law yeah. that says this this is the the line for every case right and and we can we can talk about law another time right right now we have a legislative legal system i would prefer a common law legal system yeah. um that that's another uh another podcast topic so so courts would be decentralized where they're trying to discover justice and so it would more be okay this this organization has taken custody of a child because it met xyz criteria and we have custodians ready to take care of the child we're going to plug the parents into some sort of program if they want custody of the child back there's a pathway for that but they have to do some training and, and education and, and show that they're able to be so maybe we'll stage in some supervised visits and all this stuff happens in the state right now but this can be yeah. done privately and i think much better because you have competing organizations all trying to be better right but those and organizations might be taken to court by the parents right so they might be taken to a common law court where the parents say this was an under this was a kidnapping and i'll tell you why and so those yeah. organizations are going to have to be really good at making sure that they have solid a solid defense for why they removed custody. This child's life was in danger, Your Honor, um, for X, Y, and Z. This is the evidence we have. Um, yeah. We've created a pathway to get custody back. We just want to make sure this child's like, you, you can build a case from there. And these organizations would be good at it, I think. But, it's so interesting because like, just in my own brain, I like naturally think like, well, this is absurd, right? You're talking about organizations kidnapping children from their parents. That's what the but, state does. But that's exactly what child services and stuff does now. But in my, even in my mind, it seems different, right? The state right. is different. And so I it's know, just I interesting know. that I, I can feel my gut reaction being like, this guy's crazy. He's talking about kidnapping kids. But well, at the same time, that's exactly what's happening. So it's well, just... And, and let's think about the state's track record here. So... Yeah. How many kids die in foster care? How many kids are abused? Like the foster care system is horrendous. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the numbers are staggering. Uh, I, I can't remember what they are, but someone pointed them out, you know, as, as leader of a political party, you get people from different special interests reaching out to you. And I remember someone who has a real interest. I think she lost her child in the foster care system. They were removed from her. And I think one or two of them died in foster care. And she's, told me some of the stats and they just blew my mind like there is yeah. no way a private organization would be solvent if they yeah. had that kind of track record when it came to child custody and so that's mm -hmm. the point right like the state can be as bad as it wants and and it's never held accountable none of these people have skin in the game but yeah. a private organization where your job is one thing to protect that child and you have competition well i mean there those 
competitors are going to be looking for any competitive edge. And all, the competitive edges here is how well do I serve the child and how well do I bring reunite families and create how do they make money how do these organizations are they like charitable like ran based on donations and they just want to help kids or do they have like in a private market you know they would probably be charitable or non-profit or they they might even not be right so um you know we, we could get into in another podcast maybe how a stateless society might work right and mm. and so you need a third party underwriting or or there would be a market to have a third party underwriting all your transactions in society, right? So if I go into uh, a grocery store, I would want to have both the owner and myself would want to have third party underwriters or or insurance or dispute resolution organization that I I would pay a monthly or yearly subscription fee to to resolve disputes on my behalf, right? So if the store Mm -hmm. owner says I stole something and I didn't or I stole something and I say I didn't, these organizations, um, there would be agreements in place and there, there would be some sort of legal uh, court that thing. But I would be paying into that system through these subscriptions. And so you could imagine that these DROs, like if I'm going to bring a child into this world, A, if I'm going to underwrite you, I want to make sure that, that you're going to be a competent parent because otherwise, like bad parenting leads to like adverse childhood experiences lead in, increase your likelihood of addiction and criminality by something like 400 yeah. percent um right so so that child is going to be very costly <laughs> to me if <laughs> i'm buying health insurance and if i'm buying all these things i have a vested interest as a third party to make sure that you're competent parents and you're gonna get lower monthly rates if you can show some evidence uh you know whether it's parenting class or whatever right so mm. so these dispute resolution organizations would be ultimately responsible, I think, for protecting the child, and they, they would probably contract out to specialists uh, to deal with family matters um, mm. and that sort of thing. So, so there, there's all sorts of ways that these things could be funded. Um, you and know, so, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was gonna because yeah, this will this will go off on a tangent. I think yeah. we'll cover it in another episode. And so, I'm interested more in yeah, it's it's you know what are the lines because like you don't think you know, spanking is, is good, but if some parents do, um, you know, it, it's not up to necessarily some group to have a disagreement and say like, that is not putting the child's life at risk being a bad parent. Like there are bad parents. There are parents who spank their kids or whatever. Um, and so right now, I don't know if, if like right now the nanny state has gotten to the point where like a kid can, you know, threaten their, their parents with child services. Like if you if you're mistreating yeah. me, I'll call the state on you and get taken away. Um, but so like there is still, you know, more nuance than that about what sure. is acceptable. I know when I was a kid, I only got spanked once, I think. But I used yep. to get soap like rubbed in my mouth because I would mm. swear a lot. And, like <laughs> that to me was not like I get dragged yeah. to the bathroom and, and shoved soap in my mouth. Right. So it's like that's child abuse. Right. Like, yeah, um, but. I mean, I, it definitely didn't work anyways, right, um, right. but it's a, so it's like, is that some, right? Like what level of complaint can the, can the kid make? Um, especially now it's like, oh, I, they didn't let me use internet for two weeks, right? I'm going to call child services or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, these are, these are tough issues, right? Like I, I have no issue um, interjecting in the public sphere and saying, listen, you know, if I see a kid getting spanked or something, I've been known to say, 
you know, look, there's a better way. You don't need to do this, right? Just, just yeah. making a comment. Like I'm not, <laughs> and, and do I think that that child would be better off if I scooped them up, took them home and said, I'm your daddy now? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> um, you know, that, th- that's, th- th- there are, there's a continuum here, a level of, of, um, egregiousness, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, this is why I would prefer there to be an organization. But if, if it's a family member, like, you know, if my brother was having difficulty as, as a parent and his and he was being horrendous to his kids at a certain point, I would scoop those kids up and say, you're coming home with uncle for a while until we sort this out. Right. Yeah. But I'm right there in that immersed in that situation. I understand the full context and and I'm taking on a. I'm putting my skin fully in the game here. And that's the thing. I think that unless you're willing to willing to fully put your skin in the game, that, um, that there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, so, so yeah, these are great questions. Um, and I don't think there's, there's a single right answer. And this is our, this is, but this is where our temptation is, right. It's to say, because we're still thinking a little bit like statists here, like what, what should the state policy be here? What should, well, It, it, I, I, you know, the state is a gun and it's force. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about when is it permissible to use force? But I don't think that protective force even is the answer to most things, right? Yeah. It's, and so it's, it's, it's useful, the, right? Yeah. It's useful in immediate threats, but these are complex ongoing problems that require love, nurturing, uh, education, support. I mean, negotiation, I think those things work much better than just saying, okay, when can I use this gun? When can I use this gun? And, I, and I'll just tell you a little story. Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought of that before your story that we basically spent 15 minutes talking about the libertarian state solution to right. child uh, endangerment or whatever, yeah. rather than still like, you know, it is same with abortion. It's about all of the other things to prevent this from happening. How do we have better educated parents? Uh, right. You know, parenting classes, you know, people should get marriage counseling before they get married. People should get child counseling. Like how to be a, who teaches parents how to Absolutely. be a parent? No one. You you yeah. have a baby and then all of a sudden you're supposed to raise this child and figure it as you go. Um, yeah. And I, I would just say to that, too, you know, like you say, we've been talking about when when to use force here. And these are these are our difficult situations. Um, but if anyone should use force, it should be the person closest to the situation, right? Not this big yeah. monolithic centralized bureaucracy called the state. Because we've the seen neighbor, how that the brother, works like they should see exactly. and they should see that there is something going wrong and intervene, right? right. Like um Yes. I want them to have that, that responsibility. I don't want this big monolith. I don't want to give this big monolith soulless bureaucratic organization because I've seen how that turns out. We've got kids mm-hmm. dying all the time in foster care. We've got a horrible system. It yeah. But I just want to tell you this story about yeah. uh, that kind of highlights um, where I think why I think this conversation is interesting, but might be a little bit misguided. Um, so it, it took me a while as a parent to figure out that I was not subscribing in my own life to my own philosophy that I was espousing, that I was preaching to everyone on. Right. I couldn't yeah. figure out why my voice didn't have a lot of power. Uh, and it's because it wasn't authentic because I couldn't figure yeah. out how to apply the non-aggression principle to my own life in my own family with my own kids. Right. Yeah. So, you know, realizing that I shouldn't hit my kids or force them into timeouts and different things like that, um, or like use, use force pun- 
punitively, I should say, after the mm. fact, um, was um, it, it was hard for me, first of all, to to accept that I was violating my own principles. But then once I did, I said, okay, I'm taking force off the table in terms of spanking right now. I'm not talking about other force. Like I think you can force kids to um, brush their teeth. I think you can force kids to not go on the street. Like that's protective force. That's stopping a, a harm from coming to them. Spanking is different. It's I'm inflicting pain on them so that they, in, in the hopes that'll modify their behavior. It doesn't work. In it, and so it's not protect, yeah. protective at all. Right. But I, so I, I removed that from the table. Um, but guess what? Things didn't get better in the home. Like the behaviors yeah. I was seeing were still popping up because it required me to do something positive, not just yeah. to remove force. I actually had to get into my kid's head, into their skin and their shoes and understand life from their perspective. And once I figured out that, hey, I'm actually contributing to a lot of the suffering they're going, I'm not paying attention like I should. I'm not considering their needs I'm, and, and I'm not seeing life through their eyes. And so then I started thinking more like an entrepreneur, right? So my kids are my customer, customers. I have yeah. to deliver. I have to look at their custodianship. Like if I'm a lawyer and I've got someone's estate in my custody, Long -term I have to nurture value that estate. Well. I have to deliver it to the customer in the best shape possible. These kids are my customers. I have to deliver deliver them to their future selves in the best, most healthy state possible. And so yeah. that flipped a switch in my brain. And now I I am I'm doing positive things, right? And so it's not just enough that to take force off the table because force isn't an answer here. It's how do I actually provide value for these kids? How do I provide value in a way that makes their life better? And that's yeah. how all these situations I think are best solved is by people applying that lens to it. Not like, when am I going to pull out the gun here? When, when is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Yeah. Because that's what I found myself doing that first year as a parent that said, okay, well, when can I use force? When can I use well, it? That's the can very I use it here? stereotypical it here? dad, right? The authoritarian, right. oh, don't, dad's home or like, you know, a generation ago, it was the belt, right? Yep. Like it was literally hardcore physical force was right. how, what the dad's role was. Um, as the disciplinarian. Um, right. And, and so, you know, we talked about this, I think, in the first episode about libertarianism is, is kind of like atheism in the sense that it tells you what not to do or what not to believe in, uh, but it doesn't tell you what you ought to do next, right? And you have to figure that bit out. You know, it, for yourself. The, yeah, removing force from the table is just a starting point. That doesn't solve any problems, though. Now I actually have to do some things to solve yeah. it. I have to take on responsibility and I have to think maybe like an entrepreneur or like a, a custodian. And I do and, want to highlight that, um, you know, I think that's a, you know, a great approach and, and the thought of, you know, I want to deliver the child to their future self in as good shape as possible is, is an amazing approach. But I want to contrast it with what a lot of the, the mentality of society now is, uh, you know, quarterly delivery. I want the kid to be right. happy in three months today. So like kids are just given a lot sure. of whatever they want in the moment because, you know, I want my kid to be happy. But that's not well, the right approach it, it, either, less, right? I, I just want to highlight that. Right. And it's less I want the kid to be happy and more I, I don't want the kid to be a hassle to me, right? So Yeah, Jordan watch, Peterson says raise your kids to be someone you'd want to hang out with when you're older. Right. Um, right. But I guess that also presupposes that you're not an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, you can think about too, you know, I saw a good meme the other day. Uh, imagine your daughter 
starts dating a person that's just like you, what's your initial reaction? If it's yeah. hell no, then maybe you have some work to do, right? Yeah. And so that's the other thing I think of is, okay, am I the type of person that, that I would be comfortable, you know, my daughter marrying that type of person or being with that type of person? And that's the type of person I then strive to be. But, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit here about how some of these issues that you're talking about. So, so this short-term thinking, this spoiling kids, this giving them whatever they want, um, you know, you are the owner of your property, right? You own the house, you own the property. The kid doesn't have any property. You can certainly uh, protect your property rights and keep kids away. So I, I yeah. want to make that clear. There's nothing wrong with uh, drawing lines and boundaries and saying, no, I, I don't feel step, like, kid. What, what do you, yeah, <laughs> what you, did you, you know, earn today? <laughs> you, you treated, you, you talked pretty horribly to me and your mom. And so we just don't feel like taking it to the zoo now. And we, you know, you have no obligation to, so yeah. I, I want to make that clear, but you know, so much of parenting is, is um, done out of exhaustion, exasperation. Both, both parents are working you know, their kids, they've, they've abdicated their responsibility for education to the state. And so they're in public school so they can go out and be good tax livestock and get milked by the state for their productivity. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the state takes nearly half our income. So both of us have to work if we want to have. So, so it's tough, right? It's tough being a parent. Yeah. You come home, the kids had their own day at school. They want to connect their high energy, their whatever. And yeah. You just want them out of your hair so you can have a minute to relax yeah. or something like And so, so there's so many ways that the state interferes in that relationship with your child. And it's easy to see why uh, children are neglected and why there's bad behavior and why parents are, you know, feel like they need to resort to, to hitting because it's the most expedient and, and easiest way to, to deal with the problem to get immediate compliance, but Care the long-term stick, price, right? Yeah. The long-term price is you have to or... keep, you have to keep escalating that force over time. If that's, if that's the route you're using, you, you know, the beatings, <laughs> the spankings only escalate and the, the behavior never, um, never gets resolved the way you would like it. Yeah.